You might not realize it, but life has a soundtrack. For most of us, it sounds a bit like... But you can always change the station. In hundreds of Delta Airlines destinations, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. And we're seeing more and more of those buyers come to the market, that younger generation, which I think is going to only continue and increase in 2022 as we see some of the bigger corporate companies, quote unquote, go back to normal and back to regular office hours. And you've got this group of people that have had time to think about what do they want to do with their lives? And some have decided they want to be business owners through acquisition. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Welcome, everybody, and welcome to 2022. So this is our first episode for the new year. Happy New Year to you all. And like tradition for the last few years, we're going to start off the year with our predictions of what's going to happen to the business for sale market in 2022. Yeah, just like we predicted the COVID crisis, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I, but if you do remember in 2020, I predicted that Zoom would be a big thing, right? We did predict a lot of things. We predicted that it would be a strong marketplace for sellers. We predicted... Uh, you know, I could go back and look, but I think we were pretty, you know, spot on with our predictions. And, uh, you know, as we, uh, you know, for 2021, we were predicting that we would come out of the COVID crisis. Uh, and for the most part we have, I mean, uh, and, and that's, we'll talk more about that in one of our predictions, but listen, I, you know, overall, I'm really bullish on 2022. I think it's going to be a great year this year. And, uh, you know, especially for the marketplace and, you know, we could go specifically through each one of our, uh, our predictions. So, yeah. So we came up with 10 predictions based on our experience, what we're seeing going on in the marketplace and how specifically it's going to affect small business owners, especially those of you who are looking to buy or sell a company. So Andy, why don't you kick us off? We've got 10 predictions. Why don't you kick us off with number one? I'm going to talk about the big worry out there for sellers. And we've heard this from some of the people that listed with us late in the year uh, in 2021, and it's capital gains. And I actually listed a business recently where the seller is considering pulling the listing off the marketplace because his CPA is insistent that capital gains will go to 40%. And uh, I think that's not going to happen. It's never happened. It's never been that high. I think historically, I forget what it was, 35%. But uh, a lot of people are talking maybe 25%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it look, it likely could go up, but 40% is quite a hike. Um, you know, you and I have talked about it. It would kill a, a few political careers if that actually happened. So we don't think it's going to go that high and it's going to be negligible for the sales of businesses. Yeah, especially when elections are this year, uh, interim elections, and people want to get uh, voted back on, into Congress. Uh, I think uh, they're going to have a, a very rough time in passing any major uh, tax laws that are going to hurt, uh, quote unquote, middle America. And, you know, capital gains, it hurts small business people uh, selling businesses. And it also 
hurts people trying to make money in the stock market. And so I, I think that would be very, very unpopular to raise it that much. And I, I really think uh, even with a majority in the uh, House and Senate, uh, the Democrats are hard getting, as you could have seen at the end of the year, very hard for them to agree to, on anything, even within the own party. So it's very unlikely that we're going to see a, a 40% uh, capital gains tax. Yeah. So for number two, let's get the other big fear out of the way. Um, and the other one that's been super unpopular is we do not believe that tax changes are going to be retroactive. Again, another unpopular measure. We don't think that, you know, the government's going to claw back and say, hey, if you sold in 2021, our new tax changes are, are going to apply from 2022. Um, for a lot of the same reasons we just talked about. It's an election year. I don't think it's been done in the past. It's it's not something that I, I think is going to help anyone and you're not going to get parties to agree to that. So could there be tax changes? Yes, you know, but I don't think it's going to be retroactive for somebody who sold their business in 2020 or 2021. Yeah, I don't think so either. In fact, I, I was corrected recently uh, by our resident CPA, uh, Ray Copel, popped his head in my door when I did say it's never been retroactive. It has been retroactive once or twice, but I don't think, again, anything that was cer certainly at the magnitude of going up uh, in uh, capital gains taxes that would affect a lot of people. In fact, I predict that it won't even be uh, retro. It won't even be for 2022. Uh, if they do bring something like uh, increased capital gains, you're looking at 2023 and 2024 for it, and it might even raise slowly. We've seen that over time where, you know, it goes up a couple of points each year. Um, and so uh, I, I think you will continue to see them kick the can down the road. So that um, gets our tax uh, bite out yeah. of the way. <laughs> the tax, of, the fear of taxes and all that. Yep. Which has been, been a very popular question that we've had um, over the, the last year. Right. So number three. Three, and we are excited about this. And again, it's part of what's made it an incredible marketplace out there in the world that there's still going to be ample cash out there in the marketplace for people to invest. And we are seeing a huge amount of cash still on people's balance sheets in their companies. We are seeing the banks flush with cash and we are seeing the government not pulling back on the SBA a loan program, although uh, at the end of September of last year, they did um, end the uh, CARES Act dollars that and incentives, but that's not going to calm down the SBA loan process at all. No, there, and, and it's, it's really interesting because like you said, Andy, I mean, we've probably seen business owners with more cash now than ever on their balance sheet. So we're seeing more people do um, acquisitions of competitors, things like that. SBA, I totally agree with the rates are still really good for, for business borrowing. Um, and, and then we also, I mean, we didn't touch on, but individual investors and private equity still have tons of money to deploy into the marketplace. So there's, there's tons of cash looking for deals. Yeah. We heard it from the horse's mouth. We heard it from uh, the CEO of new tech uh, in a, in a, um, it wasn't a podcast. It was a, uh, a webinar uh, for the trans world folks. And I asked them that specific question whether or not 2022 uh, they were going to slow down in London. He was like, absolutely not. They could, they think they're going to grow their lending uh, platform, 
borrow more money and go out there and leverage it. So uh, good on everybody, right? It's a great yeah. time to sell. It's a great time to sell. And another good reason, number five, it's a great time to sell is we've seen an increase of buyers come to the market year over year for the last couple of years. And we still anticipate that's going to happen, but dynamics changing a little bit. Um, so the Wall Street Journal wrote about this uh, towards the end of 2021 about the great resignation, specifically for the millennial generation who's been a little bit hesitant in their entrepreneurial spirit. And what the pandemic did for them is they, they you know, they said, well, I want to control my destiny a little bit more. I want to, you know, own my own thing, do my own thing. And we're seeing more and more of those buyers come to the market, that younger generation, which I think is going to only continue and increase in 2022, as we see some of the bigger corporate companies, quote unquote, go back to normal and back to regular office hours. And you've got this group of people that have had time to think about what do they want to do with their lives? And some have decided they want to be business owners through acquisition. Yeah, I think it's getting more popular out there. We talk about it all the time and there's tons of information out there. Just this podcast itself is a great resource for people to learn how to buy businesses. And we're seeing it. Uh, I've been teaching at a couple, speaking at a couple of entrepreneurial uh, uh colleges that have have it as a major. I mean, you know, I don't know when I went to college, I don't think entrepreneurialism was a major or, you know, a, a, an interest uh, in most colleges. They talked about, you know, of course, being in business, but uh, you're seeing more people focus on it and more people focus on it as a cur curricul curriculum for them. So, uh, Tough word, sorry. Yeah, it's tough word. But yeah, I agree too. Actually, I, I I don't think we've talked about this. I've spoken to a couple uh, colleges, cl classes, and campuses too about buying businesses, um, which is the first time I've done it in, in almost my 10 years in their career. So, yes. So, you know, we've got money on the street. We've got more buyers still coming to the market. So, what's prediction number six? <laughs> well, that's it's easy. It's still going to be a seller's market in 2022. It's been a seller's market for the majority of the 27 years that I've been doing this, going into my 28th this year. And uh, I think it's going to, what what we saw in 2021 was the prices go up. Uh, our average cost, uh, the, our average price for businesses sold skyrocketed. Um, we don't have the final, final numbers, but we're talking like 30 or 40%, not insignificant. That, that could be for a lot of factors. It could be that trans world is moving up market and selling a lot of middle market businesses. Uh, we saw in the fourth quarter, a record number of businesses that were multi-million coming to market for, inside of the trans world uh, marketplace system. So I think that's going to continue that, um, but I think multiples have been strong too. And we, we have done some analysis of that. The multiples are sneaking up. Uh, you know, we'll talk about maybe uh, what our next one is, what we're going to talk about inflation a little bit, but I think multiples will still be strong. Demand for businesses will still be strong. People want to make money with their money, family offices, private equity, all that leads to a great seller's market. Yeah. And, and we, we've talked about, we've got a, a couple episodes, if you go back, actually the previous one about why it's important to be ready to sell now and, and, you know, when is appropriate to list your business and, 
sell the seller's market is very strong right now for all the reasons you, you said. I don't know, Andy, we might have to redo. Remember the episode when we said, what's a business worth two times earnings? Yeah. Multiples creeping up. We might have to redo that. It might times. be three times now. Right? I know. Right. So yeah, it's been a strong market. So you kind of led me into our, our next one, which is inflation. So we had really, really high inflation during 2021. Prices were skyrocketing. And, you know, there's a lot of factors going into that. Um, one not insignificant one is supply chain issues, right? And we, we saw that across every industry. I mean, we, we saw things in construction. We saw glass bottles for liquor. Obviously, the toilet paper crisis of 2020 that we don't want to ever talk about again. But our prediction is that inflation will ease this year and we're going to see it slow down as well as the supply chain issues, too. We think all that stuff is getting worked out and, and will not be as much of a hurdle, especially for small business owners in the coming year. Yeah. I mean, shipping from China, our relations with China, all that uh, kind of will ease. They'll keep working it out. Uh, I think you'll see increased manufacturing here in the United States, uh, people being opportunistic in uh, taking advantage of, you know, higher shipping costs and perhaps being able to onshore some manufacturing. I mean, all those things will uh, continue to ease the supply chain uh, issues. Uh, same thing with the food uh, supply chain issues. I think we'll see those ease somewhat. And, uh, and so inflation won't be as much of a, a, a big thing. I think they'll still watch for it. Uh, I think we'll yeah. see, I don't think we'll see any monetary easing because of it. Like, I don't think they're going to raise interest rates to combat it as much. They're going to raise interest rates, but it's right. not going to be to com to combat out of control inflation. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's another big fear that we can get off the table, at least on our predictions. So what do we have next? Well, it, it just kind of leads into all those things going well. Uh, I think we're going to continue to see GDP grow, uh, perhaps not as much as it did last year. But last year was because we're recovering from a COVID nightmare uh, and, you, you know, all those things, uh, all the supply chain issues, all the labor issues, um, all those things were uh, contributing to, you know, kind of starting off low and finishing high. But all the predictions out there in the world is that growth will continue to be steady and strong. I've seen 2%. I've seen 4%. Uh, but I think it's going, uh, the economic growth is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Just stabilize a little bit. I think 2021 was an anomaly because, you know, we, we contracted and then everybody came back right in 2021. It was a very strong business year. So 2022 still will be strong, but not as maybe not as hectic growth. Right. Is that what we were saying? Yeah. I, and what's our next prediction? Let's just make it. Let's just do it. So our, our next prediction is COVID is not going to be the main factor in business in 2022. So we've made a lot of strides across the world, um, not just in the U.S. with vaccines, with natural immunity, with learning how to live with a, this new virus. And, and I think most of the world, especially in the U.S., has adjusted to this is this is what life is like, right? When, when you have a new virus, a new pandemic, and we've gotten a handle on it enough I think the conversation will end and we will just move on with our lives, move on with our businesses, and it will not be a main driving factor of how we're making decisions in business. Yeah, I think, and we talked about this on a podcast, we underestimated the kind of mental kind of 
you know, trauma that this caused a lot of people. And even at the end of the year last year, we were still seeing people very hesitant to go out there in the world. But I think, uh, you know, the, again, the vaccines and the treatments, right? So there's yep. been a lot better treatments uh, and we, we're seeing things like pills come out. We're seeing things like uh, uh, the, the Regeneron and we're seeing things like monoclonal antibodies doing a great job. We're seeing the hospitals do a great job with treating people. And as we learn more about this virus, I think, you know, it'll stop being front page news and people just, you know, continue to do well this year. And uh, we're just going to rock and roll along and COVID won't be, thank God, right? I know. I I think we need to change the name too. I don't think I want to hear the name anymore, <laughs> but, but yes. And, and we did see this, you know, throughout 2021, you know, business was, was more focused on what's going on with them and not, not necessarily the news headlines in the world. So, right. so, all right. So we get that one off the table too. What's next? Yeah. Well, what's next is kind of when people are coming out and uh, people finally getting out and those, uh, there's incentive dollars going away. I think what we're going to see is the labor issues will also ease. We talked about the supply chain issues that were uh, kind of rampant, uh, especially last year in the food industry and hospitality industry, though that same industry had a kind of a double hit that they had a big problem with labor issues. And I think those are going to continue to ease. And I think there's another reason which you wanted to bring up why uh, it'll continue to ease. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about on this podcast as, as one thing the pandemic did is it, it pushed business forward from a technology standpoint very quickly. Like changes that we probably would have taken five years to make in our businesses we've done overnight. And one of those is labor efficiencies. So I think we've seen, and we're going to continue to see in 2022, small and mid-sized businesses using technology and automation um, to be more efficient in their operations and not need as many physical people um, in their operations. So that'll help with the labor issues too. Is And, and I mean, we saw in 2021, there's some businesses that have had, especially in the food industry, have had to get very creative of how they're running their businesses very short-staffed, right? Yeah. And and I think they were forced to make those changes and, and we're going to see those continue in 2022. Yeah, and and I think I, we've seen some companies just really embrace the virtual hiring process. So we, right. even at Transworld, uh, as we consider uh, put, putting new people in place to support our franchisees, we're having the conversation that they no longer have to be you know, in Florida, they no longer yep. have to be near the home office. And uh, even even UFG, their national sales director lives in North Carolina. Uh, and uh, that's worked out well for them because of, of Zoom and technology. And, and I think we're going to see more of that. I think uh, as, you know, these small communities across the United States uh, perhaps had labor issues, I think as these people get retrained, uh, and can be put to work uh, virtually, I think we're going to see a lot of those labor issues kind of ease. And yeah. I think that's good news for the small business world. Yeah. And it's, it's like you bring up a good point too, Andy. It's become a national labor market or maybe even a global labor market, right? Um, which which it makes it a lot better for both businesses and for workers, more opportunity and, and different skill sets that we're bringing to our businesses. 
So. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny when we, we hire people, I do start to look at people's time zones. It is a little tough to hire people in different time zones. So uh, even, you know, uh, overseas even gets rougher sometimes. We've done some technology things and it's just tough working with people overseas that, you know, aren't willing to stay up all night. So. It, yeah. It's also funny how like our brains work too. Is like, we can do all these crazy calculations with our brains, but time zones always trip people up. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, we'll wrap it up with number 10 with a prediction we've now talked about for what, three years, maybe. Yeah. yeah however, however long the podcast has been going on. Um, but our prediction is more sellers are coming to the market and why is that happening? And I'm going to bring up a term we started throwing back in 2019 is because of the seller tsunami or the baby boomer generation retiring out of small business. Baby boomers still own about half of all small businesses in the US. So very, very significant numbers. And in 2022, what we're seeing is the midpoint of that generation is turning 67, which is a very popular time to retire and collect your social security and things like that. And we have in 2021, we saw our numbers creep up in terms of listings, some of that's because of this retirement phenomenon. Some of it's for other reasons. But I think in 2022, we're still going to continue to see our listing inventory increase. Yeah, I think the COVID crisis did one thing was put people's priorities in order. Uh, we've seen a lot of that when we talk to sellers that they, you know, enjoyed spending time with their family, enjoyed getting off the grid a little bit and realized that, hey, what's important in my life? You know, what's how can I... Uh, enjoy the rest of my life. And I think a lot of them realize they have enough money. Uh, investments continue to go up for all of them and stay strong. I mean, we've had, you know, we'll have blips uh, up and down, but for the most part, they are in a much better place than they were in 2010. And uh, after that economic crisis, and so I think after the COVID crisis of 20 and 2021, uh, 2022 is kind of a reckoning and saying, I'm just done. I want to enjoy my life. I want to travel, uh, as the world opens up, I want to spend more time with my family and, uh, my priorities have changed. And I think those baby boomers as that, uh, 60, you know, they, they start taking that retirement from social security. Uh, they're just going to be done. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, it's it's a, a great time to, to sell the business as we've talked about. It's a great time to buy the business. 2022 is going to be a very um, interesting and active year in the business sales environment. Um, I hope that we re relieved a few pressures and fears with our predictions, um, but also just really laid out what, what we're seeing in the marketplace is just a continue of the 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 great pace that we achieved in 2021 in terms of business sales, just continuing further into the new year. Yeah, I, I the one uh, ten and a half prediction of that last one is that more sellers going to come to the market, and at some point there's going to be a pressure on that seller's market uh, and giving buyers a better opportunity. And this may be the year by the end of 2022 when sellers see a pressure on multiples, they see a pressure on having to find the right buyer. So this is the year, folks, if, if you're considering selling, you know, get those tax returns done for 2021, uh, have a strong first quarter and get your business on the market. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great advice. We've been in a seller's market for quite some time now. We know that not all good things continue forever. So we'll end on that. You know, make sure that you get everything tidied up if you're ready to sell. If you're ready to buy, like we talked about, there's plenty of plenty of money on the market. So get get your ducks in a row there. Get the right advisors in front of you. And we wish you all a very, very happy new year. Happy new year, everyone. Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like, but you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888 888- Seven one nine nine zero nine eight. Hey, welcome everybody! And I have the pleasure of welcoming Heather Geronimus from UKG, and they have stepped up here at Andy's Pasta Dinner. It's that time of year again as we launch into our twentieth anniversary. And I wanted to thank Heather personally, and I wanted to get her story because she's so philanthropic throughout the community. And we wanted to talk about UKG a little bit because they, again, they are very philanthropic in the community, helping out so many causes uh, and LifeNet in the past. So we wanted to talk a little bit to Heather. Heather, welcome and thank you. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be on your podcast and to be involved with Andy's Pasta Dinner. Uh, We're all really looking forward to it. So give us a little background about UKG and yourself and what you do there. Sure, absolutely. So if you're local to South Florida, which I'm assuming many of your listeners are, uh, you might know us as Ultimate Software. Right before the pandemic set in, Ultimate Software announced a merger with Kronos, which is a Massachusetts-based company um, focused on workforce management. As you all know, we're um, Ultimate was focused exclusively on human capital management. So we merged the companies during the pandemic renamed ourselves as UKG, which does stand for Ultimate Kronos Group. And uh, we're, you know, one huge company, 13,000 people around the globe, focused entirely on people from human capital management to workforce management solutions. And, um, you know, something that is really important to our community is that our commitment to the community has not wavered. Um, During the pandemic, we supported every nonprofit we supported before um, with no events um, so that the mission could move forward. And as we're starting to see events safely come back, we're really excited excited to get back out in the community to attend these events like Andy's Pasta Dinner and also to get out there and do some hands-on volunteering. I've got people all over this community that are ready to get out there and safely help our community, um, you know, both with both financially and um, with, you know, their sweat equity. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, UKG walks the walk and talks the talk. And you've been involved in many, many charities, including your own efforts at MAD uh, and so proud of everything you've done uh, for the community. And so, uh, you know, and even internally, I mean, you take care of people at UKG. Uh, You've won several awards for the best places to work uh, several times. 
Yes, actually, in addition to the Great Place to Work Awards and uh, the People Companies That Care Award, which is exclusively about philanthropy, during the pandemic, we found a need that we'd never had before, which was, you know, helping our own people because, you know, some people that were dual income families were no longer during COVID. So we actually established our own foundation just for to support crewers, which is what we call our, our teammates um, and their families. It started out as COVID support, um, which we still is still ongoing, but we also extended the mission of the foundation to support you crewers during times of disaster. So things that we've supported them through or things like Hurricane Ida or the Texas winter storms, or, you know, we had COVID really hit our employees in India very hard. So we've been really fortunate to be able to not only help our communities, but help our own folks, um, you know, through the generosity of our own employees, executives and investors. Well, that's amazing. And they have a great, UKG has a great reputation as well as everything you do. And and listen, I, I believe in that as well. Giving back just comes back several fold. And I think that's happened to uh, what used to be Ultimate Software and now UKG. It's just, you know, everybody wants to give you business because you're such a good community partner. So why Andy's Pasta Dinner this year? I mean, you know, you know it comes around and you decided to jump in with both feet. So, you know, I've attended the event before and it's such a fantastic event. You bring together the, the I think all of South Florida in one room, which is really impressive and I'm just very inspired by your dedication to this cause. Has it been 20 years? Is that's what I, is that what I heard? I mean, so it is 20 years. Thought, well, congratulations to you. There are very few people that are more dedicated to a singular cause than you are. Um, and I think, you know, you've raised all of our consciousness about the issue of, you know, food insecurity that LifeNet really helps people with. And it just seemed like the right time to, to do something special and get involved with this particular event at this time. It's been such, um, you know, such an eye-opening time uh, for the needs in our community. I think, I thought I was very in touch with them, but, um, you know, having more and more conversations with different nonprofits, um, you know, this is a big one and uh, we're excited to be able to be part of, of this event and celebrate your accomplishments and LifeNet's accomplishments over the last 20 years. Yeah, thank you. I mean, LifeNet, what they do for the community, as you said, the need has grown uh, during this pandemic. Uh, certainly some businesses have done well, but like you said, so many people have not and so many of people have suffered the tragedy of losing uh, loved ones, including kids. And uh, and when kids were out of school, obviously the need for food uh, grew even more and you're seeing the prices of food go up now. Uh, so that will just add, and housing. So that all that will add to the stress of those who, you know, scrape by and that's what LifeNet's here to do. And that's why we've all come together to uh, try to help that. And uh, so thank you again, Heather. I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, any Thing else that you wanted to talk about with uh, you about UKG? Um, no, we're just such a great, great, so grateful for the support of this community. Like you said, the community supports us right back um, with you know a lot of business opportunities and a lot of support, and uh, you know we're grateful to be able to pay it forward and support all these amazing nonprofits in our community like LifeNet. And if you want to know more about UKG, it's simply UKG.com. Uh, and they're a, a great resource for uh, HR solutions. And uh, Heather is an amazing person for helping our communities. So thank you, Heather, again for coming on today. Thank you so much. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. 
sold. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And it is deal of the week. And I have Aaron Fox from Transworld Business Advisors of Boston. And Aaron, you have a great deal of the week. Uh, unique, right? Yeah, we had a really, it was a kind of a fun one. It was a unique one. We met with a uh, business owner who, he really was the business. And he had built this incredible machine shop that he worked on really really specific products for very specific uh, client base. And he had all the skills and knowledge with it. So we kind of had to really work with him to figure out what we were going to do. But at the end, we structured it because the cash flow wasn't going to be a driver. We structured it as an asset sale. And we had a seller who went into retirement, putting a million bucks in his pocket. And he was over the moon with what just happened. And a buyer that came in that's over the moon with what he can do now. Good deals for good people. Aaron, what's the best way to get in touch with you if somebody wants to learn more? Sure. You can always you know, visit us, find us on tworld.com. Send me an email at aaron at tworld.com or my cell is 781-773-8922. Thanks for being with me. Thanks, Andy. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we are at the IBBA here in Houston, Texas. And we have a member of our family with us, Austin Titus, president of Network Lead Exchange. If you don't know what Network Lead Exchange, you're about to find out. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, we're a uh, business networking group and business referral group uh, that, like Andy said, is affiliated with Transworld Business Advisors uh, with our headquarters down in West Palm Beach. Uh, but we're you know, local business networking group. We have about 50 groups in 15 different states. Uh, and we have business brokers in a lot of our groups. And so they've seen a lot of activity. You know, the, the members get to share referrals with each other and get to know local business owners. Uh, and we're a little bit different because we have a hybrid model where a lot of our meetings are virtual. And that's awesome in today's world. Yeah. So. And, and tell people what you're doing with uh we have a lot of buyers that listen to our show, so somebody might be interested in opening up their own network lead exchange. Yeah. So tell, tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So it is a franchise opportunity. Uh, and so all of our network lead exchange groups are locally owned and operated. It gives them an advantage in their market because they know the business owners in that area. Uh, and so it is a low cost franchise opportunity with just being $19,500. You can build and grow multiple networking groups in an area. So, Yeah, it's a great opportunity. It's a great side hustle for a business person in a local area that wants to start a network lead exchange. So if they want to get in contact, what's the best way? So you can uh, go to networkleadexchange.com and we have a lot of contact forms there and learn more about it. Yeah, great. Awesome. Thanks for having. Thanks, Andy. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for listing of the week. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is Listing of the Week, and we have a very good listing here with Randy Bring, my partner for 20 years. And Randy, this is a nice one. I, I, you know, people always call and they want recurring revenue and they want, you know, things that are quote unquote absentee, nothing's absentee. But this is a business that's unique. Why don't you tell us about it? Thanks, Andy. Hello, everybody. You know, Andy, in business broker school, we're told not to fall in love with our listings. But I got to tell you, of all the clients, this is a business that, that I just love for so many reasons. So for those of you that are not familiar with the salon suite concept, think in terms of the executive suites where you would have a large build out and, and the space would be segmented and you could lease space for six months or a year. 
Well, one of the, the biggest trends in the salon industry is the concept of salon suites and uh, modeling itself very similar to what a, uh, an executive suite business might look like. Uh, this is a, a business comprising of um, about 10,000 square feet with about 55 or 56 individual salons within the, the, the footprint of this space. Most of the tenants, and I'll tell you that historically they've been 95 to 100% occupied. Most of the tenants are salon owner operators who have sold their salon and really just want to get back to the basics of doing what they do, which is cutting hair and, and coloring hair. And um, th there's some cool things about this business. One, I can tell you that it is essentially absentee owned. So the owners uh, do not live in the state of Florida. They estimate that they spend between four and five hours a week running this business. There are no employees. Um, so there's no greeter, there's no front desk. Um, there's no inventory. Um, tenants are, are drafted their, their rent uh, every single week. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's a cool business with beautiful, beautiful financials. There's no aggressive adjusting and adding back for this and adding back for that. Um, and they make, uh, they make a lot of money. And we love this concept and we love this business. Sounds great. So why don't you give us some of those numbers? It sounds, I, I, you just told me before in the green room uh, that you had a price reduction. So why don't you give, give it to us? We did. The business is priced at a million fifty thousand dollars. The uh, the tax return records will reflect this year. Uh, of course, this year is not in the books, but they'll come in uh, somewhere between two hundred eighty five and three hundred thousand um, dollars. We have pre qualified this uh, with an SBA lender that would would love to do this deal with as little as fifteen percent down. Uh, they're not looking for any industry background. They just want some some buyer who who likes this business and has some some administrative experience. Um, the business tends to trend up every single year, and even during COVID, this is a business that um, did exceptionally well for the reasons that you could you could imagine. Most of the big salons were were closed, and and yet these individual uh, cubed suites uh, were allowed to stay open. Great. Sounds like a great business. And I'm sure you're going to get a lot of action on it. What's the best way to get in touch with you if someone wants to learn more? My direct sell is the best way. And that is 561-809-1500 or randy at tworld.com. Randy at tworld always gets me. There you go. Well, thanks, Randy, for bringing this great listing on today. Andy, thanks very, very much. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we have some special guests with us. We have Grant Ferguson and Craig Johnson from Unsecured Funding Source, right? We got it. All right, we got it. And they are 
blunders, but they're, they have a little different bent in our industry. They have a niche, and I just wanted Grant to talk about it a little bit. So Grant and Craig, welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Andy. Great to be here. So yeah, as you say, Unsecured Funding Source is the name of the company. We've been helping people buy businesses and franchises, um, start businesses for over 15 years. Um, what, as the name implies, um, it's all through unsecured funding, un- unsecured funds and lending. Um, we funded about $500 million in startup loans and acquisition loans over that period of time. Um, I think what makes us different from most um, acquisition loans, people think about SBA programs, um, they might think about you know other forms of collateralized lending and so forth, is that we are really looking at the borrower's creditworthiness, the business buyer's creditworthiness as the primary um, you know, sort of credit risk guidelines and underwriting guidelines. So we're looking for borrowers that have got a good credit score, typically north of 700, and some form of income, some form of ability to service that debt outside of the target acquisition business. So that makes us unique. Um, it makes us be able to offer anywhere from 25000 up to maybe 450, in some cases even more, $450,000 um, uh, of unsecured funding that can be used really for any purpose, any type of business, any sector, startup, franchise, Main Street business, etc. And, and that's, a, that's a niche because a lot of the banks, uh, I've heard some of the banks, they don't want to go under 750 now, but certainly under 350, they don't like to touch. And so under you know 25,000 to 400,000, especially for unsecured debt is, is a great deal. And uh, so what do you, Craig, what are you seeing out there in the marketplace? I mean, is it getting busier for you? Uh, It's been exploding lately. COVID, obviously, a lot of people are leaving their jobs or have been laid off or, you know, getting bored at home on furlough. Uh, We've had a huge demand for franchises, uh, business acquisitions, um, partner buyouts, even, you know, people just looking to change gears. It's uh, and, and the lending has been hot, too. So it's not a situation where there's been so much demand, but not the ability to service the demand. Uh, our, our average loan size over the last couple of years is probably went from 250, uh, or excuse me, maybe 175 ish average up to like 250 to 300 now is more our average. Uh, and as Grant mentioned, um, got somebody 600K last week as an example on an unsecured basis where you're not providing any collateral. Uh, it's amazing. It's also a two to three week turnaround. So these things are happening fast. Wow. Sounds like a great service. So what's the best way to get in touch with you? Somebody wants to learn more about getting some funding. Yeah, absolutely. So unsecuredfundingsource.com is our website. And there's a place there to either contact us via email or um, give us a call. There's also a very simple application form on our website. So a buyer or borrower could fill that out. That'll come directly to us. One of our loan advisors will reach out and begin to have a conversation about um, what they need and uh, get them pre-qualified for that. Obviously, we work very closely with brokers such as um, Transworld. And so brokers can reach out to us, um, introduce us to a potential buyer. Um, whatever's easiest for folks, send us an email, give us the name and a number and say, hey, can you help this guy or this gal? And we'll run with it from there. So we like to make it as you know easy and as uncomplicated as possible. Easy money, folks. Come get it. 
from Craig and Grant. Thanks. One last thing to mention, if you don't mind, Andy, because I know some of the bro- brokers will be interested, is we do uh, offer a referral fee or a success fee, which is um, on the basis of what we're able to collect from um, from the borrower. It's a, usually a percentage of the overall loan amount, and then we offer a percentage of that to brokers, and we'll talk more details once we have some conversations. So Excellent. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Grant. Appreciate you coming on today. Thanks Thank for having so us, Andy. It was great. All right. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com. You might not realize it, but life has a soundtrack. For most of us, it sounds a bit like... But you can always change the station. In hundreds of Delta Airlines destinations, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing 